All right, joining me on the official Talking Philly Sports with Matty B hotline, a.k.a. my cell phone, um, is WIP show producer, host and co-creator of the Bird's IQ pod, which you can catch on edgeofphilly.com, and a true renaissance man, Kyle Quinn. Kyle, good morning. Happy game day. Happy homecoming game day. Yeah, with fans, too. How about it? Absolutely. You couldn't ask for anything better than that. That's right. All right, Kyle, let's get into it. Uh, let's jump right into this. Let's wrap some uh, – let's get some summary or wrap a bow around last week's game against the Steelers. Kyle, what would you see? What would you like? What you didn't like? Oh, man. Well, i got to tell you, uh, and maybe I'm going to sound out like crazy here, uh, but if you, you take the loss away. I feel better about this team after that game against Pittsburgh than I did after the win against the 49ers. I really do. It's just about the way they played and the way they competed with – the Steelers, who I think are a pretty damn good team on the road, and I mean, they showed a lot of fight, and they had a really good chance to win that game at the end there. So I came away from it actually feeling pretty damn good about this team. All right, let's, I'm not going to lie to you. All right, Kyle, let's talk about the – you mentioned the end of the game. Let's talk about that because the the play of uh, Claypool being isolated on Nate Geary, Geary – uh, which he's still with the team, by the way. Um, yeah, you, you, won't, you won't need to memorize his name much longer. I'm, I'm hoping. But that play has been analyzed and broken down more than the Zaputa film of the uh, in the JFK assassination. What um, what do you believe happened there? Was it a bad schematic call? Was it a bad uh, – was it miscommunication on the field? Was it miscommunication from the sidelines? What happened on that play, in your opinion, Kyle? Well, what it looked to me like, I mean, Schwartz, I mean, he put out a bad defense to start on the field. And what I think what we all saw on the film was uh, Ben Roethlisberger kind of motioning to Claypool. And he had to pretty much tell him exactly what route to run. And Claypool had to kind of confirm it himself because, I mean, it seemed to me like Ben was kind of like incredulous that that defense was out there for, on that situation. And they, I mean, they had absolutely no adjustment for it whatsoever. I, I don't think... McLeod was ready for, for Gary to play it the way that he, he was. and uh, I don't think Gary was ready for it at all. So, I mean, the Steelers, yeah, they, they jumped on it. They executed it perfectly. I think it was I think it was just terrible game plan, terrible execution all around. It's just brutal. So, uh, you mentioned McLeod and, and, and the communication. Now, there is a part in that, in that film where you can very plainly see McLeod kind of yell over – Oh, that was um, Nickel Roby Coleman. You mean? Yes, I'm sorry. I, Nichelle, yeah. I, I forgot yeah. he got back on the field. So, um, well, let me ask you this: in that type of situation, would not have a timeout been more, you know, appropriate because they realized they got the wrong people out there? Are they not able to call timeouts from the field, or does that have to be done from the sidelines? Because I heard Doug is in charge of timeouts. That's what I've heard. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that they should be able to call a timeout from the field there, but I guess maybe just in the moment he thought that he would have just been able to communicate it in Harry's ear and he would have gotten the signal or maybe he thought that he might have heard him, but they obviously didn't really have too much time left because you saw him yelling and then the ball got snapped. So I think they kind of all happened really quickly. And, yeah, I mean, I would have liked for them to call a timeout and get it right. But then again, you know, can you trust uh, <laughs> Can you trust Schwartz to put out the, the right one there? So, so that, again, let, let's let's talk about Jim Schwartz real briefly because, again, he's mm-hmm. been he's been scrutinized up and down, left and right, sideways oh, yeah. all week long. And then we'll move off, uh, move off that and move on to today. But so I, I, I hold and I still maintain this that I think Jim Schwartz does not only 
the appropriate defensive coordinator for this team. I think he's one of the better defensive coordinators in the NFL. Now, I know that I'm a minority in that lately. Uh, how do you stand on Jim Schwartz's ability as a defensive coordinator? Well, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> I go back and forth on this a lot, actually. I'm sure like most Eagles fans do. And yeah, and I think a lot of times people kind of look at it sort of in a vacuum where they kind of only watch the Eagles and they don't really you know, pay too much attention to what's going on around the league. And all you really see is Jim Schwartz, maybe he puts out, you know, uh, he calls a bad play or doesn't put the right guys out there in certain situations. But then if you look at it, like in the grand scheme of things, and you see where his defense is kind of ranked uh, or throughout the NFL over the last, you know, pretty much since he's been here, it's been consistently in the top ten of the league. Now, I think where most Eagles fans get pissed off is the inconsistency within the season itself and within the games and the adjustments. And Yeah, I, I get that. But, I mean, look, like when you have a defensive coordinator that's consistently put your defense in the top ten, especially with the kind of guys that he's been having to deal with, I mean, look, we haven't had any sort of secondary on this team in probably like ever. <laughs> no, right. So, I mean, yeah, you got to – kind of just working with what he's had and no I'm, I'm kind of with you I mean I've been I've been like you know jumping around a little bit just like you know he's gotta go or this and that but I, I think you know looking around the league a little bit he does he does stack up pretty well to the rest of the defensive coordinators in uh in the NFL yeah I think he does and I know that what you're saying because as, as, as I know and you know as well Eagle fans have a real tendency to look really deep in the game the game within the game and uh you know, there's two two things that when I whenever I really think about Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator, and I go back to that 2018 season, the uh, the Titans and the uh, Panther games, where oh, yeah. they they were just you know the inability to get a stop on third and a mile, yeah, uh, just kind of really just um, has boggled me for basically all of Jim Schwartz's time here, with the yeah. exception of the Super Bowl season for some odd reason. So. Um, I think you're right, and and that's that, that's where I think a lot of Eagle fans draw their uh, frustration from. So you're right, you're right on about that. All right, Kyle, let's get into today. Uh, as I mentioned, as you mentioned, uh, we have fans at the link. We're back at the link. Uh, we are going with our midnight or midnight green tops, white bottoms. Ravens are going to go with the white tops, black bottoms. It is an actual picture perfect day uh for fall football down there at the link you're looking at a high temperature somewhere in the uh mid 70s partly sunny really wind not a factor um so kyle let's talk about uniforms real quick because you know i'm a big fan of them you know i'm getting really kind of tired of the uh either one or the other here i know they got a game coming thursday night are are we going to see a blackout thursday night you think that's what I. That's what my guess is. They usually roll out the blacks uh, against the Giants one time in the middle of the season, and then maybe one more time toward the end of the season. You might see in the Dallas game, or maybe uh, one of the other important home games. We'll see how the season plays out. But I definitely think that they'll go black on black next week against the Giants. I hope so. Just something different, for God's sakes. I mean, it's been either one or the other. Uh, <laughs> all right, Kyle. Injury report, man. This is getting out of. This is Kyle. Listen, I. I, I am getting. <laughs> so Kyle, we're going to go over the injury report and then we're going to kind of forget about it. But then we're going to circle back at the end and talk about this. So real quick, Marcus Epps, Lane Johnson, Matt Pryor, Duke Riley, Sean Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and Avante Maddox all listed as, as out. Uh, straight up, not available today. Darius Slay, as last I've heard, is a questionable dealing with concussion. Do you have any updates on the Darius Slay? Is he going to play or not? 
I heard that he cleared concussion protocol and that he was going to play. Okay, that's that's positive. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's that's really positive. And then, but when you look at the contrast, when we move over to the Ravens injury report, they got nobody listed as out, and we got crystal clean. Yeah, I, I mean, you got two guys that are listed as doubtful. So again, I, I'm not gonna get. I want to. I want to kind of hold this for now. But what is your? What are you with? I mean, listen. I got injuries are a part of the game. What is your opinion is going on with this Philadelphia Eagle football team and its medical availability? I, you know, I, some of it seems to me like maybe they're just being like overly cautious, or they don't like. I, just some sometimes the way that they play these things really it, just, it makes you think that they don't really like kind of have a plan about it like even when it when it happens at first i mean you see they didn't put alshon jeffrey on the pup list so they kept his they kept him on a roster spot for the first six weeks of the season and he didn't play for the first six weeks of the season so really there was absolutely no point in that at all and now by doing that you lost your seventh round draft pick in casey two because he you know, we didn't have a roster spot for him. He signed somewhere else. And it's the same thing with, you know, Deshaun Jackson. He could have went on IR for three weeks. But, no, they didn't do that either. So, it's it's just really it's baffling to me. It really is. And you'd think with the new medical staff that these things would change. But, I mean, no, maybe it's something to do with their heart, these players' heart. Uh, but, you know, there's an obvious difference in guys like Lance Johnson who, you know, he gets this high ankle sprain and he's been dealing with it all season. And, but he's been trying to play. Like, he's been doing every single thing in his power to play. And then even when he found out that he shouldn't play, he went and got a second opinion because right. he didn't like that first opinion very much because he wanted to play. Deshaun Jackson seems like he's just kind of looking for excuses to stay out another week and just collect that, that game check. So, I don't know. I, maybe it's the player, maybe it's the medical staff. I couldn't even begin to pinpoint that. All right, so again, we're going to kind of table the injury report, but we, I am going to circle back at the end of this. So, Kyle, I'm going to toss out a stat line to you, and I want you to give me your assessment of the stat line. It's, it's a player stat line. And when I when I give it out to you, I want you to tell me what you think, just based on the stat line about the player. 19 receptions, 139 yards, an average of 7.3 yards of reception, longest of 30 and one touchdown. What does that tell you about that player, that, I'm, that stat line? He's a pretty good player. Pretty good, pretty good player through five games. Yeah. Uh, 19 receptions. 19 receptions for 139 yards, 7.3 yards, and a touchdown. Um, decent. Not bad. You think that's decent? Yeah. Okay. So with that with that in mind, um, I want you to remember that, and I'm going to play you a little clip about who this player is, okay? I said all along I want to be here for the long run. Um, I don't know for sure if that feeling is mutual, um, but I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna play this year. Like it is my last year, and I'm gonna leave everything I possibly have in the tank for this team and the city, because that's what this city deserves. Nothing less. All right. Now, what do you think about that stat line now? Yeah, well, if it's that good, it's definitely not decent. I mean, you know, <laughs> I we we're gonna be talking about some. Uh, some practice squad guy. <laughs> Typically, that's what we're talking about with the Eagles. No, but you're talking about our Hall of Fame tight end. Absolutely not. He's supposed to be Carson Wentz's best target. So, no, you definitely want to see some more production out of him, especially with no Goddard out there. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what's going on with this guy, but it's a little concerning. I know him and, uh, him and Wentz have kind of been working a little extra hard this week in practice, or at least so they've said, to try and get that connection back. But you know what? I mean, look, it seems like Wentz is, I, I honestly would rather Wentz start targeting this Fulgham guy a little bit more because, I mean, 
you remember how our offense ran when it was just Carson and Zach Ertz. That was the 2018-2019 offense where we could barely move the ball down the field. I'm, I'm happy to see Carson Wentz targeting wide receivers more, to be honest with you. Oh, absolutely, I am too. But when you look at a player like Zach Ertz and what he has meant to this organization since he got here, and obviously that statement that he made back in training camp about, I love to be here, but I'm not feeling the love from the organization. And then he goes out and, and performs the way he has. Uh, and, and as you said, you know, to read that stat line initially and then not know who it belongs to, it's not that bad. But then when you find out who the stat line belongs to, obviously it's different, you know, because he's a different type of player. Um, is Zach Ertz salvageable with the Philadelphia Eagles or is Zach Ertz a non-Eagle in two weeks? Oh, well, man, in two weeks. Look, I mean, I don't know if you heard, but apparently Roseman's trying to be an aggressor at the deadline, which means he's, he's not trying to sell. Um, Earth could be, I, I could see him being a candidate for, you know, I guess selling him and trying to get something back that'll improve your defense. Possibly, I could see that. But then again, uh, Dallas Goddard's not healthy. And then if you get rid of Zach Ertz, you're stuck with Richard Rodgers. And that's, uh, I'm, I still think I'd put my eggs into Ertz's basket at this point in his career over a guy like Richard Rodgers. Yeah, no, you're right. That guy is kind of up against the barrel on that a little bit with the Dallas Goddard yeah. situation, who's obviously rehabbing from a broken ankle, and I don't necessarily think he's coming back anytime soon. Uh, it's a broken flipping ankle. I don't care what kind of degree of fracture it is. It's a broken ankle. Right, and they can call him day-to-day all he wants, but that, that just means we'll see him next season. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> you, you got a point there. Zagars might have us against the wall a little bit on that. All right, Kyle, today, Ravens, Eagles, Lincoln Financial Field, 7,500, whatever, 5,500, how many other fans are going to be there? What do you see happening on the field today? Uh, I, I see a lot of running around and chasing, which uh, I'm not I'm not too fond of. I mean, we've seen this defense does not handle the misdirection very well, the, the sweeps and stuff, and, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely concerned about how our defense is going to play the run game. Um, and Baltimore is a really, really scary defense. Yeah, this is this is going to be quite quite a tough one to get through, Matt. It really is. Yeah, I've, I've actually heard that Jalen Hurts was playing Lamar Jackson this week in practice. Yeah, yeah. Just, not, just not quite as fast. No, and probably not quite as refined yet. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a uh, obviously another test, and this is that third game of that, gauntlet, of that first gauntlet that the Eagles are going to go through. they got another – yeah, uh, three game hit like, coming down the road like, here, but yeah, um, like six dollars. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, but but I think a very key game. Um, you know, I think it's winnable. I think the Eagles have a shot today. Uh, they've proven that. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of things are going to have to go right for them, and Carson Wentz obviously is not going to. He can't turn the football over, obviously. No. Uh, but no. you're right. I think it's going to be a lot of running around, and I think Nate Geary. Um, may just run out, maybe run out of town today, literally, if he can't. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they run him in circles and he doesn't even know where he is. So, yeah. All right, so with that being said, Kyle, give me your three keys to a potential Eagles victory today. Well, we talked about running around, and that's the last thing that you want to do against this Ravens team. So I need you to put together a good game plan where they can contain Lamar and, you know, widen – Try to like you know get around him in the pocket so that he's forced to kind of go up the middle where we have you know the real teeth of our defense is. Um, I don't want to see any Nate Gary out there. I really want to see the Sean Bradley guys see what he's got because 
Uh, I mean, like we know what Dave Carey is. Mark Andrews is a great tight end, and uh, we, the linebackers are going to need to contain Lamar and just you know be, be good on Mark Andrews back there because that's that's really the Ravens' key to their passing game. Um, key number two, and uh, this is I mean this is really I think probably the biggest one. It's going to be get out to an early lead because Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, uh, historically they've been bad coming from behind. They don't play well coming from behind. Lamar Jackson, you know, as good of a player as he is, we know that he's not exactly the most prolific passer. And he's not that great when he's having to come from behind. Their MO is really a strong running game, getting out to an early lead and just putting their foot on your throat. So getting out to an early lead against this Ravens team is going to be big, big, big. And a key to doing that, and now I feel like we say it, uh, we've probably said it the past three weeks, but it's true. Because, um, I mean, this is really this, that gauntlet. you gotta, you got to uh, control the ball. You can't turn it over, like you said. I mean, you got to win this round of battle. But you can't turn it over. you got to maybe force Lamar into an error or try and force a fumble. you got to play the field position game with this team. And that's what early hate is key. So I think turnovers are going to play a huge, huge part in that. Yeah, uh, yes, they will. And my three keys to victory, real simply put, my number one key is ball control. Uh, I want to see Doug Peterson run this football and not get away from the run game. Yeah, you look at Miles Sanders last week, he had that great 74-yard touchdown run. But then if you look at his stats aside of that, I believe he carried the ball 10 times for like six yards. Uh, yeah, and then Boston Scott had one carry, I think, for like a three-yard game. That that we gotta we gotta control the football. We gotta keep them off the field. You know, keep their offense off the field. Keep the ball moving. Get back to that. I, I don't know if the Eagles can run smash mouth football anymore with the way the offensive line is these days. But we gotta keep we gotta we gotta be committed to the run and we we have the assets to run the football well. We just gotta be committed to it. Yeah. Uh my second key to victory, uh yeah, is Carson Wentz and uh, his continued uh improvement and uh get away from those uh those those tur- those turnovers. Um I still think he's holding on to the ball too long at times. I I really do. And um, but if, if he can play a clean game and be be Carson Wentz again, I think we have a better shot to win. And you're right. The th- my third key victory is an aggressive um, containing defense. I don't know if, it, if those words go together when it comes to defense, but um, that's what we got to do. We got to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket because I don't think he's a good pocket passer. He, he gets out on the edges and then uh, things go, go squirrely. So we got to keep him contained. And I think that's, that would be the opportunity for us to win. Yeah, I think uh, an interesting note on that, actually, kind of since we both mentioned the defense, the containing. I mean, I think you need to kind of see a different, uh, like, I think you need to see this defense in almost a completely different structure yep. than you have in the last few weeks. Just because the wide nine is, I mean, it's it's terrible oh. for the way that the, for the way that the Ravens play offense. It is. I mean, the over pursuing, it, it'll it'll just absolutely kill you. So yeah, I, I need to see Jim Schwartz come out with it. Great game plan today. What concerns me is that, you know, obviously the Ravens are going to look at game tape of last week and see how the Steelers, one, dominated the edge, and two, yeah. uh, we're really, you know, exploiting the Eagles on those slant patterns, those those right off, those two-second drop, boom, I'm going to get the ball right out. Yep. That concerns me a little bit. All right, Kyle, give me uh, – so we'll move on to the prediction and score. Now, Kyle, before you give me your prediction, I want to give you our um, our stats right now. Uh, currently, you were 1-3 and three this year in predicting games and I am two and two. So I'm a game ahead of you. Yeah. So you're not doing as bad as I thought you were, uh, but <laughs> so what do you see this game today, Kyle? Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> this is, is going to be hard. 
hard for me to do, Matt, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find a way to uh, predict the Eagles win. <laughs> All right, um, it's on tape. It's recorded. You can't go back. I know it is. I know it is. So I'm gonna. If you want my final score here, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be 26 to 19 Eagles. <laughs> Where do you come up with 19? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Ravens are gonna be playing from behind. They'll have 13, and then late in the game, they're gonna get a touchdown to get back into it. Go for two, and miss miss the two. Ah. So you think the okay? So you think the Eagles are gonna feel the vibe of the fifty five hundred fans in the, in the stands today? Oh, they're gonna be they're gonna be buzzing. <laughs> All right, Kyle. I don't see it that way. Uh, I, I see this as a as a one of those games where we were feeling kind of good about this team in the last couple of weeks, and, and then I hate the word moral victory, and I'm not going to use that word because uh, you know a loss is a loss, a win is a win in this game. Yeah. I think today we all get sent right back down to earth. I think today is an absolute uh, destructive game for the Eagles. I'm, I'm going to say 41-17 uh, Ravens. Yeah. And I think today, Kyle, somebody significant on the offense gets hurt. Oh, my God, dude. That's a terrible thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, man. I just I, I, I feel it today. I, I, I'm, oh, my God. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I I don't like to feel this way, man, but I do. I, I feel as if somebody, somebody significant is going to get hurt on the offense, and uh, I don't know who that is yet. I'm not saying it's Carson Wentz, but I'm just saying I think that's so morbid, man. It is. Well, that's how I am. That's that's the vibe this season for me, man. Well, listen. I mean, if you want to base that off of the track record for injuries this team, I mean, you probably wouldn't be too far off. But let's, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that. Just forget, <laughs> forget about that the whole day. I don't want to think about that. Well, Kyle, you, I got to keep it real, man. I, this is all part of my narrative to blow this thing up. And unfortunately, <laughs> you got to cut before you can cure. All right. Oh, Jesus. So give me your MVP of the game today. <sighs> I mean, in all likelihood, if the Eagles don't win, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be probably Lamar Jackson. But if the Eagles do win, it's going to be Carson Wentz. I'm going with the two QBs, man. I have yeah. to. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson as well. Uh, I think he has a big day. All right, Kyle. So I, I told you I was going to circle back to the injury report, and now I am. Uh, and my question of the week for you today, Kyle, is that we have spent a lot of time here in Philadelphia analyzing what is wrong with this roster, analyzing how he's picks, analyzing uh, his free agent moves and all that. But when we look at this roster and all the players that are hurt, and we look at this roster of all the players that are not performing well – but yet when they get jettisoned from this team, i.e., let's talk Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas, they hook on with a new team and they play, I'm not saying pro bowl level or all pro, but they're playing NFL football. They're playing better. Um, yeah, something they didn't hear. No, something they did not do here. And then when you look at players like a Matt Pryor or a Travis Fulgram, and or you can throw Greg Ward Jr. into this category too, that have languished either on the practice squad or reportedly did not do well in practice – but here they are playing out of necessity and they're performing. Kyle, I want to ask you, Are is, is the problem maybe not with Howie, but more with our coaching uh, at the bottom level of this football team? And, and then obviously Doug is accountable for all that. But what do you think are – do you think we have a problem coaching on this football team? Well, you know what? I, it really depends. and It's, it's hard to know uh, really where it's coming from. But, you know, if there's – been rumblings that there's kind of some uh, disconnect between Howie and the, 
coaching and, you know, about whether how he's deciding who's going to play or, or not play on Sundays, which is just, I mean, that's completely out of this world to me. Um, but I mean, yeah, you, I, I don't, I really don't know. I, to be honest with you, I have, I do have sort of a feeling that it's kind of how he playing like strong arming people and playing or not playing certain guys. And I think uh, that really bothers me. I'm sure it bothers you too. But yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> the, the coaching thing, um, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's that because obviously there's a reason that they are performing as well as they are when they do get off the field. You got to give the coaches some sort of credit for that. But yeah, I mean, the deciding when or whether they're not going to play is, uh, I, I kind of put that on Howie because I feel like he signs these guys to big contracts or he puts his, his eggs in their baskets and then he kind of says, yo, like we need to kind of play this guy just because of what we're paying him and the resources I put into him. So I hope that's not the case, but that's kind of the way that I'm leaning a little bit. So if you if you kind of look at this football team from the outside in, and you kind of assess all that, and you look at the free agent moves and the draft picks, and then the players that are consistently hurt, and then the players that have performed well for other teams, you could make a case for the fact that you're right. There's either some dysfunctionality between the front office and the actual field, or there's a big problem on the field level when it comes to our coaches. So you're right. I, I've heard the same rumblings that you have had this heard this week about. Howie's saying that he's the that Howie is the overall authority on who dresses on Sunday. I, I have heard that. So it concerns me a little bit. I, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. There's a problem yeah. there. There's definitely a problem there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if, if that's true, that's uh completely absurd. And Howie needs to be fired. <laughs> no, absolutely. I'm not gonna cut any corners there. But then we don't know what, what Jeffrey Lurie's part in all this would be as well. No, and let's pray that he's uh that he's looking at it. Like, you know, objectively and not just because he's friends with Howie Roseman. Absolutely. All right. Last question, Kyle, and I'll let you go because I know you got a busy day. Uh, you're always busy. JJ Ortega Whiteside. All right. <laughs> my favorite player. Now, I was trying to forget about him, but you bring him up every single week. Until the man <laughs> is gone or he performs, I will bring him up. Does JJ Ortega Whiteside. Have a game today, or are we looking at JJ Ortega Whiteside potentially for the last time in an Eagle uniform today? I, I'm like hoping that I rarely even see his, his number on the field. I really do. I was like, <laughs> I know all Sean and Deshaun aren't going to play, so that means that he probably will. But I'm so, I couldn't be any less interested in JJ Ortega Whiteside at this point. I mean, give me Travis Fulgham, give me Greg Ward. I, I really can't wait for Rager to come back, to be honest with you. I want absolutely nothing to do with JJ Ortega Whiteside. If it is less isn't in a Philadelphia Eagle uniform, then good, good riddance, honestly. So sick of that guy. <laughs> Me too, but it, it, it's, it's almost now, like it's kind of comical to watch the fact that they're just continuing. I mean, I think it comes down to basically how he just doesn't want to deal with another yet another draft bust. I, I honestly believe that's what we're yeah. down to right now. Yeah, he's staring one right in the face, though. He's got to know. I mean, this is so obvious. The guy can't play. No, he can't. He, he, he sure. The, the best was, I think, to sum, to sum up his career as an Eagle was last week when he made that catch at the end of the first half. When he was, I think, surprised as hell that he made the catch, and then he celebrated and time ran out and all that. That 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 is the summary of J. Ortega Whiteside's career as an Eagle. Yep. That, yep, that summed it all up right there. All right, Kyle. Uh, that's that. That'll pretty much do it for me here today. Um, listen, I know you got some stuff coming up this week. Why don't you tell everybody what's going on with you over the next couple weeks? Yeah, well, uh, this week's kind of just a normal week for me, but then over uh, the next three weeks, you're going to hear me uh, with the 
morning for a little bit. WIP because uh, Dan Donnelly's getting married. He's going down to Disney, so he's going to have quarantine for a couple weeks after that. So you got three weeks of Kyle Quinn as a studio assistant on the WIP morning show starting next week. So, so that'll be fun. Rightfully so, Kyle. You're starting to maneuver your way up the ladder. Uh, again, if you can, if you got it, if you want to catch Kyle, which I highly recommend you do, to go ahead and uh, flip over to the ninety-four point one side of the FM dial here in Philly, or download the Radio.com app and search ninety-four WIP if you're not in, in the Delaware Valley. And he is also, of course, the host and co-creator of the Birds IQ podcast, which you can listen to and hear on EdgeOfPhilly.com. Kyle Quinn, as always, a pleasure. Thank you for taking some time with me. Go Birds, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, go Birds, Matt. Talk to you soon, man. Take it easy. All right, Kyle. All right, that was Kyle Quinn giving me, again, his assessment of today's game. Um, always great pleasure to talk with Kyle. He definitely lends a um, significant piece of validity to my little podcast here. And, 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 you know, the guy is taking time out every week to come on and talk to me, and I cannot cannot thank him more, more or enough, I should say, for doing that. So there you got it. Uh, that that's how we're laying it all down. Um, Eagles Ravens today. I, I Kyle believes that the Eagles will find a way to win. And actually the way I understand it, Kyle believes that the Eagles are, you know, might dominate this game. Uh, the Eagles will be playing from ahead based on what Kyle's prediction is. And then uh, hold on there kind of at the end. I don't feel as confident um, as Kyle does. Obviously I don't feel as um, yeah, as confident. I, I just don't think this team's got it. I don't think this team, again, doesn't have the talent or the depth. And, yes, Travis Fulgram has been a great story, and I hope that he continues to be a great story. But I just think that right now defenses are not going to start paying attention to him, and we'll see how he does. All right, that's going to wrap me up. It's been a, it's been great. I will see you guys next week. Go Birds. Y'all take care.